Welcome to Ron's Adventures, the podcast that highlights the lighter side of missions and international travel. With me in the studio are Ron and Karis Pierce. Hi guys, welcome back. Now for our listeners, I just want to tell you, I have a little bit of an idea of what we're going to talk about today and you are going to want to stay tuned. It is kind of unbelievable. Ron? We're in China and we're going to visit, I'll try and take you there with my picture in my mind and my words. We're going to an underground Bible school where 30 young people, both uh, male and female, were involved in this. And one night I got the call. We went in a black van. This is about two o'clock in the morning. And uh, we were going to this, it was a commercial area, more factories than anything else. We went down these roads back and forth and we pulled up in front of this place And then they had been communicating via cell phone with the people inside this factory. And we pulled up very, very close to the door, like about six inches a foot away from a sliding door. And I squeezed out and into the door of this factory, went inside, and it was cold, cool. And uh, three other brothers came with me in this adventure. And we um, we were sitting there looking around as to, you know, sort of what was going on in this place. And I was amazed at uh, at the setting. It was nothing like I'd quite seen before in that it was a factory operational, but it was bare at night, obviously. Nobody was working there. And then they opened this little door to this little, what was like an office, and went in, and there was a brother sitting there with all these students sitting at these little desks, one light bulb in the place that was on, very dim light. And so I sat down at the back and uh, listened, and they were, this was an underground Bible school training all these young people, the age of the young people, probably 13 years of age up to about 21. And there are many pastors in China that got their first training when they were 13 years of age mm. and went into ministry, shall we say, in grade eight. And therefore, here we are sitting there for a while, and then they broke up the class, and, and I got to meet the kids, and we started to talk. And, and then uh, the brother, who was the leader, and his wife said, well, this isn't our real Bible school. We can just use it because the factory is shut down for a week, so we don't have to go into the other Bible school. And I said, well, what do you mean the other one? Then they took me with a flashlight, and we went to this area of the factory, which had been disguised. And it was concrete block walls around this area. And what it was, and, and this is hard to imagine, so I'm going to try and paint the picture. This was a area of the factory that was disguised with no doors or windows into it, complete concrete block around, up against another outside wall. And there, you would not know that this was not a regular work area, shall I say, because just of the surroundings of it. And there was a hole in, chopped in with a concrete, uh, with a sledgehammer in the side of the bottom of the room. And I would say that there were about uh, four blocks taken out on the bottom row and then three on the second row, two, et cetera. So if you can imagine this little hole that's there, and they said, this is our real Bible school. And he goes in, he crawls in this hole, and the other guys do too, and I crawled in right afterwards, and they took the uh, flashlight in. And what it was, was that they got newspaper, and they had lined the floor of this whole area with newspaper and probably about an inch thick. 
And they would take this newspaper and they would sleep on this, all the kids that would be put in there. And about 30 kids would go in. And then when the newspapers were dirty, they would take that layer off and they had basically a new bed to sleep on. And they would take that newspaper and put it over in the corner and they would have another clean floor. And this kept going on, he says, like that. They would sleep on that and they would mm -hmm. sit on it because it was softer and they would study on that as their, their floor. And there were no chairs in there at all. And then the teachers would come in, the students would come in. And I said, how long? He says, well, we come in for three months. Wow, and three months. Three months. Wow. And they would put enough food in there to last them for three months. They had tapped into a sewer line so much that they could use it with a one toilet and a bit of a barrier around it. That was their toilet. And they would use that. And um, I wasn't going to ask about newspaper because I knew what they were using, or, right. or toilet paper. <laughs> I, I knew what they were using. They were using newspaper. And so they would have that. And they had a pipe coming through that they had a tap on, and that was their water coming in. There was no light in there other than this one bulb, one twin, two wire cross with one little bulb that hung down. And I said, so this is the in total tire time of their three months in here. And he says, yeah, they would have a change of clothes, but they wouldn't have a washing machine or anything else. They would have water, have a toilet. There's the food over there. And it would all be prepared very, very carefully. And I said, wow. And I said, so how, what do you do with the wall here? And he says, well, when everybody gets in, our bricklayers come in and they will put all the bricks back in, tap them out. Wow. Reseal it around and parge it so that you'd never know, he says, that that has the doorway or anything like that. They're walled in there They inside. were totally that walled inside wow. of it. And I said, so how do they get out? Wow. How do you communicate? He says, well, it's very simple. He says at the uh, that we put also in a, um, a um, um, sledgehammer, a great big five or ten pound sledgehammer. When they're finished, they knock the bricks no out at night and they <laughs> crawl out and that's it. And I said, well, how do they keep their sound down? He says, in the daytime when the factory's working and there are other non-Christian workers outside, he says, they don't sing. And they don't have to whisper, but they don't sing or make any noise that would let anybody know there's somebody in there. And at night, when nobody's around, there's a watchman for this factory, night watchman, who's a Christian, who will basically protect them. And he says they get to sing and worship and talk louder and everything at nighttime. But in the daytime, they usually sleep a lot. And then they just reverse their clocks and they will work when the factory's not running. So they're in there for three months. They three don't months. get to come out. Three months, oh, no coming out. And wow. the factory workers don't know that they're in no, there. No, nobody knows apparently. Huh. And this thing was running and, and, and they didn't go in there right then. Actually, I hit it just at the proper time. They had just cleaned it out. They had put new newspapers in there. They had their food ready. Next few days, I guess they were going to go back in with a whole new group for study. Hmm. And when you crawled in, were you able to stand after that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, the wow. ceiling was really high. Like it was like a 15, 20-foot ceiling inside. But um, it wasn't low ceiling or anything like that. But it was... Um, it was primitive, and it was cold. Right. And I must admit that everybody had to wear coats, and there was no fire that I could see. Talk about dedication to mm -hmm. what you're doing. Oh, you're being walled yeah. in with exactly. concrete. It's unbelievable. If you had claustrophobia, although it was a mm. bigger room, and when I say bigger, I'm going to say it was probably 30 feet across and good 40 
a good 35 feet long mm. and high. So well, there was a lot of room in it. Still, I think some people's claustrophobia is not being able to get out, knowing you yeah. can't oh, yeah. get out. That well, would, you could, would be it you, for but you'd have to take use the, your sledgehammer. You have to <laughs> use your sledgehammer. You have to knock it out, oh, and goodness. then, but it'd have to be at nighttime, or else right. the whole whole place would be revealed to the authorities. Wow, so, are they still using that? I don't know. You don't. Know. I don't know. I lost touch with that group. Wow. Uh, well. I haven't been up there to yeah. make touch with uh, mm-hmm. them. And now in the, the conditions in China today, I would never go even near that place. Well, with the conditions today, it's, they're probably using a place like that. They could. They yeah. could do. I don't know because yeah. they're, uh, they are they keep moving around. Right. If they're discovered, they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But that was an adventure I will always admit, remember. Mm-hmm. That is quite the adventure. Okay, I told you guys that was going to be somewhat unbelievable. Uh, this has been... Ron's Adventures, the podcast that, uh, well, that reminds you, uh, Bible school in China is a little different than Bible school here in North America. <laughs> <Quite a bit laughs> different. Thanks for listening. I'm Joy Kita.